Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 49. Today, I'm going to share how to create true community and connection through social media and the way that you're sharing your life online. And I'm really excited to have this conversation start with you and end with ways that you can actually grow community. Trust me, friends, you don't need to go this alone. In fact, it's crazy if you think you need to. It is time that we learn how to create true community through connection, and we can start doing that online today. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work, and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. This episode of the Gold Digger Podcast is sponsored by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the management software that I use to stay organized, manage invoices, get paid, and give every client an elevated, unforgettable experience. HoneyBook is offering 20% off exclusively for Gold Digger listeners. Just go to honeybook.com slash gold digger to get started and get your life back today. Hi, I'm Jenna Kutcher, and I have built a six-figure photography business in three years flat. I have over 100,000 followers on Instagram, a top iTunes business podcast that you are currently listening to, and I did a million dollars in sales in my online courses last year. Whoa, what? Don't turn this podcast off. Please do not. But who seriously does that? Why would anyone lead off with that? But guys... That is exactly what we are doing on social media. Let's start over, shall we? I'm Jenna Kutcher. I sprout weird chin hairs. I'm a recovering workaholic and a total hermit. I'm addicted to numbers because they can measure things for me. And I suffered a miscarriage last year and it totally rocked my world and filled me with fear. I desire to work from a place of rest and not stress. And nothing lights me up more than showing other women that they can be successful. Most of the time, I feel like a fraud. I feel like I'm not feminine enough, and I struggle with mixing my emotional side and my analytical side. 
Okay, so if you're still with me, welcome to this show. I want to talk all about how we can foster true community as a creative. Now, let's be honest, finding a community can feel a lot like online dating. Like, does she notice me? Does she like me? Does she even know I'm alive? It can feel absolutely isolating. When I first started as an entrepreneur, I seriously believed that there were secrets. I thought that everyone had to go it alone in order to find true success, in order to actually grow a profitable business. But it wasn't until I started actually opening up and finally sharing the imperfect side of being a boss that I actually started to foster and create real relationships both on and offline. Now I have a confession to make. I'm a huge introvert. I love being alone. I recharge alone and being on my couch, my attic is my happy place, which is exactly where I'm recording this episode from. So if you're driving right now, please keep your eyes on the road. But if you happen to be sitting at a desk, I would highly encourage you to grab a piece of paper and do this exercise as I lead you through it, because it's really going to reveal some things that you might have been missing on social media and allow you to implement them within your own business to help foster a creative community through social media. So to kick it off, I want for you to think about three to five people who you absolutely love following online, but you actually don't know them in real life. You might feel like you do. You know, they're the people that you talk to about your friends and you say, oh, this girl, Jenna, I know she's like in Hawaii for a month and her and her husband, they have these two dogs and they love to travel and they live in Wisconsin things like that. It doesn't need to be me. Actually, I prefer it's not me, but write down their names and I want for you to leave a little bit of space between each name. So think of people you follow that you talk about like they're your friend, but you actually have never met them in real life. Now, next, I want for you to write down a few facts about them that you know just from following them online. Are they in a relationship? Do they have pets? Where do they live? What do they do? I want for you to just tell me some things about them and bonus points if those things aren't their occupation. What kind of things do they share that you remember and think of when you think of them? You can hit pause if you're doing this exercise or we can keep carrying on. Now, I want for you to open your Instagram. Don't get distracted, friends. But I want for you to look at your last five posts on your account. What could people learn about you from those posts? Is there things that people would remember? Is it stuff beyond your title or your work? Tell me what I would see if I could only gauge who you are off of your last five captions. What are you telling me in them? How am I getting to know you? How am I feeling connected to you? What have you shared in your last five posts that would have me talking like I know who you are? Now, when we first talk about community, it's easy to assume that I'm going to tell you to attend a meetup or show up at a conference or spend an hour a day commenting on other people's accounts. Now, those are all brilliant things, but I think if we're really getting to the heart of community, I think that this conversation has to start with you. So tell me, what are five things that make you you and have absolutely nothing to do with your title or your business? 
If you're struggling to think of an answer, what would your best friend tell me to explain who you are? What kind of things would they share? It could be things like relationships, pets, hobbies, travels, where you live, your family, your favorite music, your favorite movie, your favorite food, your home, etc. Community has to start with connection. And if we're too busy hiding behind our work, we are blending in to an already saturated industry and leaving price as our only differentiator. So that leads me to my question, how many of us are absolutely sick of being price shopped? My hand is in the air with spirit fingers. We're sick of it. It's tiresome. But the truth is, is that if we are just trying to look like everyone else within our industry, price is likely our only differentiator. I often think of our clients, and for me, I'm going to use the example of wedding photography. A soon-to-be bride is looking at five different photographers' websites. Now, a lot of times, photographers' websites look very similar. We're all using the same presets, gear. We're using the same website platforms, the same layouts and templates. Now, if they are trying to make a decision... A lot of times, since we all look the same and our bios say the same thing and our social medias are only showing our work, they're going to just print off our price sheets and lay them out and see what the best value is. So what does this have to do with community or connection? First, that connection has to start with you. Now, it's easy to think that people have to love everything about us to feel connection. But connection often comes in having just one thing in common. Then the relationship can grow. So whether that's where you live, where you travel to, your love for animals, a cheesy carb like me, or the fact that you both work from home, having that one common denominator can create something more memorable than just a title. When it comes to community, I have three big rules. Rule number one is this, give first. Instead of asking, what can you do for me? I want for you to ask yourself, what can I do for you? Far too often, our biggest influencers or the people that we desire to work with most are being bombarded by people who are asking them to do things for them. I'd love to grab a quick coffee with you. Would you share this cause on your social media? They're always asking something from them. But true community comes when you come at it from an act of serving. What can I do for you? I have this gift I would love to offer you. I have this way of serving that I would love to offer you. Things like that. Rule number two when it comes to community is choose your influencers wisely. You cannot and should not take on a million mentors. Now, this is hard, especially when you're first starting out and you're hungry for knowledge. You could spend all day scouring the web and YouTube and blogs to try to piecemeal plans together. But the truth is that I really think you need to choose who you're letting influence your business and your life very wisely. And you also need to limit that. When we go through consuming so much and we start to believe that everyone knows better than we do, we can really go down a rabbit hole that leads to no productivity and no profits. Rule number three for community is ask for help. We all need it. When you remove the veil, you can grow true community. When you let your guards down and say, I don't have it all together. I need some help here. That my friends, is how you can grow true community. So let's start talking about the gaps that our first exercises might have left you reeling in. 
Your social media it has to be the introduction, the handshake, and not the hard sell. At the beginning of this podcast, I let off with the hard sell. I did not start with a handshake. I pretty much walked into the room screaming, I'm the best, hire me, choose me, you have to work with me. Instead of saying, hi, this is who I am, and if you think we might be a fit, let's continue the conversation. A lot of times we think about community, but we forget that we have to be the ones doing the work in order to create a community. So many of us look at others with these sweet groups of friends and assume that the best people just stumbled into their lives and question why isn't it happening for us. We see these beautiful lunch dates or coffee dates or mastermind meetings or meetups or conferences and we're like, here I am sitting in my office another day all alone and I'm the only person in the world that's doing this. But that's absolutely not true. Community starts with you. And I believe when we're talking about growing a community online, that community starts with connection. So I want for you to continue this exercise and walk me through the steps it would take for someone to hear your name all the way through to booking you. So let's say someone says, hey, I heard you're getting married. You should really hire this girl. Her name is Jenna Kutcher. What are the steps it's going to take for somebody hearing my name for the first time all the way through to booking me, signing the contract and getting the deposit in? Maybe they'll first look me up on Instagram and then click to my website and stock my bio page because they want to know who I am and more about me. After that, maybe they'll click over to my contact form. They'll fill it out and wait for me to respond. Then I'll send a welcome email back, send back my prices. We'll go back and forth a few times. They finally decide they want to book me and I send them the contract, et cetera, et cetera. I want for you to write down a list of what that entire process looks like from start to finish and about how long that might take. Now, for some of us, we're a little bit more on top of our email game than others. But if you are looking at this list and there are a lot of steps in it for someone to simply go from hearing our name all the way to booking us, we first have to remove the barriers for people to find you. Now, a lot of time I hear somebody's business name or I hear their name and I want to look into their business. So a lot of times I'll type in their name on Instagram or I'll type in their name on Facebook. If you aren't currently linked up to your website and or your Facebook page from your personal account, you might have just lost me. Especially true if your business isn't named after your name because you're placing a bet that I'm going to go on Google, spell your business name correctly, search and find you, and then click on over to your website. Same thing goes with your Instagram. Are you linking to your website so that I am invited to click it and get to know you a little bit more? We have to remove as many steps from this process and simplify it as much as we can because every added step is an extra barrier for people to be able to find you, book you, and pay you. So imagine someone hears your name and they look you up. Would they be able to find out more about you with the click of a button and be able to get in touch? How many hoops are you making them jump through in order to get in touch with you? Well, they do those. We give people way too much credit. People spend on average like 30 to 60 seconds on our website. If we aren't capturing them right off the bat, we're likely losing them and losing potential dollars within our businesses. Hey guys, are you enjoying today's episode? 
awesome. I thought so. I wanted to interrupt it really quick to extend an invitation to you for my free new masterclass all about Instagram and how to convert your mere followers into paying clients, the three simple shifts in order to land more inquiries into your inbox. Trust me, cracking the Instagram code is anything but easy. And so in this training, I'm going to teach you how to whisper your message to the right followers so that you can quit screaming into the void. I'll share my exact process of getting followers off of the app and into my inbox and the number one thing I do in each post in order to speak to my dream clients. Now, there's a lot of Instagram education floating around, but none of it matters if you're not seeing a return. So let's get you that return of your time, your energy, and your sanity. Join my free masterclass today at www.jkinstagrow.com. That's JK as in Jenna Kutcher, Insta Grow. And I will see you guys inside the training. I'm so excited to dive a little bit deeper into my Insta strategies and to spend some time with you online. Again, it's jkinstagrow.com. Grab your spot. Seats are limited and I will see you guys super soon. So let's say they find us awesome and they land on your website. The first thing they're probably going to click on is your bio page. It's our most clicked page on our websites because think about it. You want to know whose voice you're hearing. Who are they? What do they look like? Where do they live? What do they do? So if your bio page says something super cliche that people can expect for your service. For instance, as a photographer, I love capturing moments from behind my camera screen. Absolutely you do. You're a photographer. People expect that from you. You never want somebody to read that and say, duh, that's why I'm here. I want for you to share things that are going to create connection. So a lot of people have gotten this part of the process, but they've let the rest of it slide. If your website says something like, I love pumpkin spice lattes, then I want to see its fingerprint in your brand, on your social media, everywhere I click. It's not enough to just tell me like, oh, I love a latte. What exactly is your order at Starbucks? What's your favorite brand of wine? I want to know more about you so that it's not just basic, but it's memorable. I recently did this exercise with a group of attendees at a retreat, and I took the time to research all of their accounts before I met them in real life. And I spent one minute on their bio page. And in that one minute, I would look at their stuff and then I'd click out of it. And 10 minutes later, I would write down what I actually remembered from that page. Now, a lot of them were very basic things that I quickly forgot. I love lattes and I love going on walks and I love, you know, treating my clients well or whatever, you know, all those things. But the things that I remembered were very specific things. One girl, she loved sloths. How could I forget that she loves sloths? One girl, her business was named after her grandmother. Of course, I remembered that. If you've ever heard me teach about social media, I talk about the Jenna Kutcher 5. Now, the Jenna Kutcher 5 is taking five aspects of your life and forming a brand around that. Now, these aspects of your life can include your work, but they should not only include your work. 
They can include things like where you live, your pets, your family, your favorite food, whatever that looks like. So for me, on any given week, it changes, but they can include things like Drew and I, my wedding photography, my watercolor work, this podcast, my dogs, my love for macaroni and cheese, our adoration of Hawaii, our Wisconsin Craftsman home, where we live, where we travel to. We include all these things so that when somebody sees a wedding photo, they don't just think, oh, that's Jenna, because they probably won't. There's a million wedding photographers out there. But when somebody sees a bowl of mac and cheese shapes, they're going to think of me. And when they think of me, it might keep me a little more front of mind for them the next time somebody does say, I need a wedding photographer. Now, most of the time on our bios, we say things we love, but I do don't ever see many people take our loves and share them on our social media. So we say them as a means of creating connection in our about me page, but they're lost in translation because we're not even sharing those things within our feeds. Whenever I click to people's Instagram accounts, I mostly see work and those connection points are lost when I actually go to see what you share from a day-to-day basis, which let's be honest, it makes no sense. If you genuinely love those things, they should be a part of your life. Your clients already know that they need someone to offer your product or your service. That's already determined. That's why they found you. But what sets your business apart is you. So why is it that we make our bios all unique and shiny, but then our social media presence is clearly one note, business. If we want to actually attract our dream clients, I truly believe that we have to share more than just our work in our emails, on your website, in your blog posts, on your social media. So my question begins with this. Who is it that you're speaking to? What keeps them up at night? What problem are you solving for them? How are you making their life more simple, enjoyable, or easier for them? When you know who you're speaking to, you can focus on serving them. And honestly, that's where the real magic happens. When you know different things that might connect your potential clients with you, Those are the things you need to be sharing. Now, you're probably like, okay, well, good for you, Jenna, but I am so stinking boring. Like I am the most basic person out there. I have nothing to share that is going to be memorable. I like pumpkin spice lattes, gosh darn it. And I just want to talk about that. Here's the thing, friends. I built my brand on the most basic things in this life, especially this creative entrepreneurial life. Yoga pants daily naps, puppies, mac and cheese. All of these things are a part of my brand, but they are a part of who I am. You need not feel extraordinary in order to create connection. In fact, nobody wants to sit with a perfect girl at lunch. We want to sit with people that remind us that we're human. Now, you don't have to share everything about your life. You don't have to share your garbage or a photo of your dirty laundry. You just have to share enough that creates connection with people. I thought about this a lot when we were in Hawaii recently, and we would meet new people and start conversation. At the beginning of every conversation, we were looking for some connection points, something that we had in common, something that could lead us to conversation that would potentially lead to a friendship. 
A lot of that started with, well, where are you from? How did you end up here? If we had ever been to the place they were from, we could have conversation there. If we hadn't, we could ask them about it. We could ask them if they had pets because we love talking about dogs. We're always trying to create connection. It happens every single day in all of our lives. So I first want to know, how are you creating connection in sharing your work? So once again, open your feed. Don't get distracted by all the likes and comments you're getting because you're a popular little bugger you. But I want for you to read your last caption where you shared your work. Like, what did you say in that? And you're probably going to feel uncomfortable when you read it because it probably doesn't actually sound like you. It probably sounds like a regurgitated marketing message from God knows where. You're probably going to feel uncomfortable because you're using language that you don't normally use or you're saying things that don't actually sound like they might come out of your mouth. Here's the thing. We have to reframe the way that we are sharing our work. Why are you doing this in the first place? What got you started? What fires you up? What excites you? What makes you different? What do you have to offer? Why should people trust you above trusting anyone else? Now, when we go to share our work, there's this really weird thing that happens to us and we suddenly just turn into this mass marketing message because we think, all right, it's time to think like a business owner and business owners sell things and so I need to sell things. But if we actually reframe how we are sharing our content, it's going to change the way that our content is being received. Because nowadays we are so inundated with advertising that we have trained our brains to shut off anytime we think we're being sold to. Because we're like, hey, I'm way smarter than this. I'm not going to fall for this crap. So I ask myself these three things. Why does this matter? Why am I sharing this? Why does it actually matter to anyone else other than me? Number two, am I doing this story justice? There is a story behind every image. Even if you were just standing on top of a table with a white poster board behind it, there is a story behind it that you need to share. And is this post serving anyone other than me? That last question, it gets me every time because it can be really easy to fall down that egotistical self-serving track that social media is. But what I truly believe is that there are people that like to go onto Instagram just for pretty photos. There are people that go onto Instagram for inspiration, both visual and through words. And there are people who engage because the both of them together make them take action. And action, my friends, is the way that you actually drive real profits in your business. So maybe you're like, well, gosh, I suck at telling stories. Let's talk about ways that you can tell a story about anything. For a little while, a couple years ago, I was sharing my wedding work and I was realizing like the engagement on my actual work that is paying my bills, my mortgage and affording our lives is not getting liked and commented on as much as a bowl of macaroni and cheeses. And since Kraft has not sponsored me yet, that was not going to work for me. If I needed to drive profits in my business, yet no one cared about the actual work that was doing that, I knew that something was wrong. So I started digging a little bit deeper and I went through my feed and I started looking and paying attention to what I was saying when I was sharing my wedding work. And I quickly realized that I was sharing it in a way that I was seeing other people share it. And maybe I was imitating it without realizing it. So I would say things like Adam and Andrea's wedding was absolutely beautiful and their whimsical swoon worthy day is on the blog now. Click to see the link in profile. 
Okay. Well, people aren't really liking this. I mean, it's good photo and all, but hmm, something's got to change. What needed to change? I had to change the way I was telling the story. I had to acknowledge that the image that I was showing was just one single moment out of an entire day, out of an entire relationship, out of an entire life. So I did a test. I shared that same image a few weeks later and I reframed it. I said, Andrea wore the wedding dress that her grandmother wore generations before. And when those church doors opened, my eyes went straight to Andrea, but they fell a little to my right on Andrea's grandma. And I looked at her with tears in her eyes as I imagined her imagining herself walking through doors just like this one up to meet her husband at the altar. Now I reposted that and I got almost double the engagement. Why? Because I was telling people why this story mattered. And not only that, I was telling my clients that I noticed more about them than just the way that they look. When we hide behind adjectives like gorgeous and beautiful and swoonworthy, we are telling our clients that we're only paying attention to the way they look. That we're only focused on the visuals and not the actual emotions behind it. And so I not only saw a shift in the engagement on my social media, I also saw a shift in the way that my clients were feeling about their stories and how I was telling them. So do you suck at writing stories? Maybe you do, but here's an idea. Why don't you ask your clients questions so that they can write their story for you? You can sneak them in to your process so it's not super obvious and file them away. Ask questions like, what in life are you most passionate about? Or what is your drink of choice? Or where did you meet? Or why are you hiring me? Or what fears do you have in hiring me? Or whatever that can look like. But make that a part of your process and start a file with each client so that when it comes time to share your client work, you can say, I was listening to you. You weren't just a way to pay my bills. You were a story that I was able to tell through whatever product or service I offer. When you share people's stories, your potential clients imagine themselves having their stories told through your work. And that's something that only you can do, which makes you even more valuable. And it helps remove the ability for them to price shop you. When you start telling stories, people become impacted by you. They fall in love with you. They back you. They support you. When you build your brand around your product, service, or business, you are free from backing yourself into the corner. When you actually say, this is who I am. I am more than just what I do. You're actually inviting people to pivot with you when the time comes to pivot. And trust me, friends, you're going to pivot at some point in your career. So I wanted to share a few tips with you and share how I kind of navigate what social media looks like for me. Now, rule number one is this. I never share in real time. So if I were out with you and we got these lattes and they were perfectly foamed with these pretty little flowers or something in the foam and I wanted to take a picture of it, you're not going to find me quickly editing and hitting publish on it. I need space for my posts to be able to think about them, to write it out, to plan it, to edit it, to have space from it, to take time to process it, to create a story around it, to make sure my hashtags are good from it. A lot of times we feel this pressure, like if I didn't post it, it didn't happen. But we now have tools like Instagram stories or Snapchat that allow us to post in real time. And that gives us the ability to be more strategic about what we're sharing in our feeds and how we're sharing it. 
I never share in real time for many reasons, but I really truly believe that it gives me the ability to ask myself those three important questions. Why does this matter? Am I doing the story justice? And how is this serving anyone other than me? Now, the next thing is, is, is your work that you're sharing exemplary of what people can expect from you if they hire you? If I were to pull any single post from your feed right now, whether it be a photo of your dog or a concert you went to or your work, is that exactly what I could expect from you if I hired you? Now, as a photographer, I made a decision a few years back to only share images from my camera, but it was very twofold and very strategic. One, I wanted people to see what I could do, whether it's taking a photo of her foster puppy or taking a photo of her bride on her wedding day. I wanted them to think if she can make a cup of coffee look this good, imagine how good I'm going to look when I have my wedding dress and veil on. The other thing is, is that it's created a very strong intentionality behind me. If I want to share something, I have to be committed enough to bring my camera with, to take the shot, and then to put it down because I'm not going to be able to edit it on the spot. It gives me that space and time from my posts. But if you're thinking that only people care about what images are of your work, they don't care about those blurry black and white shots. I would beg to differ because I want to be able to spot your work from a mile away and know exactly who it came from. And I also want to see the type of quality that I can expect from you. Now, number three is this. We're all out there hustling for more followers. But what I truly believe is it's like hosting a dinner party. All your friends come over. Your guests are seated at the table waiting for you to serve the first course. And you're like, hang on, just give me one second quick. I'm going to just do a quick lap around the block and invite everyone and just see if anyone wants to come because I'm super excited and they should really be joining us for dinner. Not acknowledging the fact that those people might not be your people. They might not want what you're serving and they might not be interested in who you are. And that's okay. When you can focus on serving your community well, when you focus on creating connection, true friendships are going to blossom because they're going to see that they are your priority and not the masses of people out there who might not be interested. So how does all of this lead to community? What I want for you to think of is when you find someone you love, reach out to them. Tell them, encourage them, comment on their feed, send them an email, let them know what you love about them. I have a cute story of one of my now best friends in the industry. I stumbled upon her on Instagram, clicked over to her blog, and I felt like I was reading my own blog. I very quickly crafted an email that said, we have to be friends. I told her what I loved about her, what we had in common, why I was so excited to reach out. And I sent her my phone number and said, I know this is really weird, but if you want to connect, I would just love to hear from you because I think that we would be truly good friends. Years later, she's one of my best friends and it would have never happened had I not reached out and done a little bit of research to know that she was one of my people. Now community, it comes through connection. And so I want to leave you with a little bit of homework. Because community has to start with you. If you're not creating this connection online, how are you going to ever create it offline? 
My first question is this. Can I find you in your feed? Honestly, can I find you? Do I see pictures of you living your life beyond your work besides your bio photo? Would I know what you looked like if you walked into a coffee shop in my town? Would I actually engage with you and understand and know whose voice I was listening to if I looked at your posts? Can I find you in your feed, which is exemplary of your life? Are you living your life beyond your work? Are you using your bio to tell me more about who you are without hiding behind titles, without shouting your sales message like I did at the beginning of this podcast? Are you sharing something that would attract or repel or connect me to you? And are you sharing work that would attract your dream clients and not just your peers? Are you actually thinking about what keeps your clients up at night and crafting messages and connection that tells them that you are the right person for them? Are you making sure that you're not just posting things that others in your industry will understand and like, but real work that your clients are going to imagine themselves being a part of? And lastly, are you encouraging other people? Are you starting with yourself, but taking that on, taking the time to engage with people, to encourage them, to pray for them, to reach out to them, to support them, to say, what can I do for you? Not what can you do for me? Community is something that is hard and we don't often talk about it, but we love to lie to ourselves and tell ourselves that everyone else has found community and we are just the ones on our islands by ourselves. I truly believe that if we can focus on connecting with each other beyond just the work that we do, that is where true friendship will come. Today, I want for you to take the opportunity to grow your community, whether that's through social media or taking it a step further, inviting someone out to coffee or going offline with it. We need community in this industry. We need community in this life. And so I pray that you understand that that community and that connection can start with you, but it doesn't end there. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And as always, thank you for hanging out with me and letting me be a piece of your life, your business, and your story. If this podcast has touched you or changed your life or helped your business, I would absolutely appreciate more than you will ever know you hopping onto iTunes and leaving a review. I read every single one of them and your messages truly give me the drive to continue creating for this community. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. You gold-digging dream chaser, you.